Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 553. We've got a real close friend of the show coming back. He's a member of the WP Tonic panel, um, where we do our Friday show. It's Vito Peleg back, and he's the founder of WP Feedback. I also got my great host, Stephen Saunders. With uh, Vito, we're going to be discussing what he has learnt from launching a premium WordPress plugin and service. It's been almost 18 months ago when he decided to go down this amazing journey. Um, he's one of the most intelligent founders I know, and just a really Thank nice you. guy, and a, a newfound father as well. He hasn't got enough on his plate. Uh, <laughs> um, like I say, I've got my great host, Stephen, as well. Stephen, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Stephen Souter. I'm from zipfish.io. We make WordPress fast by optimizing both servers and the code. And before going into the main part of the interview with the Vito, I just want to talk about one of our great sponsors, and that is Kinsta Hosting. Kinsta Hosting is a premier WordPress-only hosting provider. If you've got a WooCommerce site, you've got a learning management system like Lifter LMS or LearnDash, you need powerful and reliable hosting, and that's what you get with Kinsta. Um, Kinsta's been sponsoring the show for a couple of years now. We host the WP Tonic website. I've been totally happy with their support, the speed of the website. Everything's been great. Go over if you're booking, if you're looking for a new host for yourself or for clients. Go over to Kinsta. Have a look at their packages. I suggest you should buy one, and if you do. Please do the show a favour and tell Kinsta that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So, Vito, um, so like I say, it's been 18 months, and I imagine those 18 months have gone quickly. Um, yes. <laughs> what, you know, to start off the show, is there any kind of one thing that has come up that you didn't expect um, that? you really didn't think was going to be a major issue or a major hurdle that right. you would have to overcome in these 18 months that you um, like to tell the listeners and viewers? So I first came into this uh, project, came into WP Feedback from an agency. So I started as a freelancer, then uh, built up an agency of 12 guys here in London. And then from there, we created this tool for ourselves as a way of uh, scratching our own itch. And uh, it was awesome, so we decided to bring it to the market. So that was kind of the, the all the things going up until that release. What we didn't count for uh, was the fact that uh, in the WordPress ecosystem, specifically in the WordPress ecosystem, every website is different. Uh, it would be on a different host, or it ha would have a different stack of plugins, uh, different developers coding the themes and the backend, and you know, adding all kinds of different uh, uh, patches or over patches over patches. Uh, you you come across websites with more than a thousand website uh, plugins, you know, a thousand active plugins installed. Uh, so you you see, like you really get to see the behind the scenes into how people are using. WordPress, uh, uh, as you're dealing with, uh, uh, you know, with websites at scale, with uh, with customers at scale, uh, that's something that I didn't account for that much. I know it was going to be some 
uh, because I can see from the products that I'm using that uh, there's always those, um, a, a, you know, compatibility fixes. And every release probably has one or two compatibility fixes on it, on every plugin out there, right? Uh, so that's, is, uh, that is a challenge that uh, we didn't account for when it comes to the vast amount of adaptations where you need to do for every single plugin that is out there, especially with such a front-end driven tool like ours. Right. So before I hand it over to Stephen, so even though you're an experienced web designer developer and you've been running your own agency, it was still a surprise well, we were running our own stack. Uh, well, at least yes. for me, it seems like our stack is uh, is good. Uh, of course, I learned that there's other and better ways of doing it as well throughout this process uh, compared to how we were doing it at the agency. Uh, but still, for us, it worked. And so, like, you, you assume that there's going to be some of this, but not to this magnitude. It was magnitude, more you know? large and wide. Yeah. Um, so you knew it was there, but you just under... So how did that affect the level of support. So did that really um, kind of affect the level of support and the amount of support that you had to give? Was that? Exactly. Is that, is that why you're bringing it up? Because it had the consequences. Yes. That's the that's the after that's the result of it, you know, because uh, you want your solution to work uh, smooth on every on every on every stack out there, uh, and uh, well. I know that I need to reach out to support for products that I use to handle my stack. Uh, so um, imagine getting that from uh, tens of thousands of people, uh, uh, you know, those requests are going in. It's definitely something we haven't accounted for because the product itself uh, worked, you know, when we, were, when we were working on it. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work, but there's these tiny glitches here and there, and you want to make sure that everyone has a seamless experience. So this is one of the things that... Um, now for version 2.0, uh, being aware of this thing, we're building the whole thing from the ground up uh, with that in mind. Uh, and th that requires a, a bit of out-of-the-box thinking, especially with a tool like ours, uh, to make sure that uh, it is compatible throughout, you know. But it, it's, it's just something that you haven't accounted for. And then throughout the year, you also have, it's not only, it's not only the plugins that are out there, it's plugins that keep changing. So basically two months in, Divi released an update. So we had uh, uh, something that had to be sorted there. Then Elementor went out with a 3.0 and then you had to do something there. Then Gutenberg is all over the place. WordPress is releasing stuff, removing jQueries from stuff that you were relying on. So it's a constant uh, game of, uh, of a, a, you know, cat and mouse, basically. Sounds lovely. Over to you, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, it's a... It's hard when you're dealing with so many different stacks. Um, I think it's so interesting how like so many companies are started from like solving your own pain point, right? Like as an agency, obviously, like it seems like this feedback loop, right, was a pain point that you're experiencing. You're like, oh, like, here's a great idea. Um, but I think one of the huge challenges with that is how do you have an agency and build a product kind of at the same time? Same how time. did you? How did you guys manage that? Did you just like shut down the agency or did you keep both running? Right. How did you prioritize that work? Because there's always that tension there in between like yes. your internal projects and stuff. 
And that tension now, uh, like, was was happening all the way throughout the first year, even going into the plugin, because it's not, I didn't just stop the revenue stream. I had employees and, you know, stuff. Uh, you can't just say, okay, we're pivoting completely. Uh, but it was a transition that uh, was completed after, uh, after a full year uh, of doing the product, which is a lot faster than I thought it would take, uh, honestly, you know, because the product took off uh, uh, very nicely. So that allowed me to um, really push all of my focus just on the product itself. Uh, starting this off, I was on a journey myself uh, of trying to figure out the next step. Uh, so, uh, you know, I went from that freelancer to an agency and then we got to that. Uh, there, there is a pretty much like 12 to 15 people agencies where you would see the growth stop, you know, or, or that, that's where it becomes very, very hard uh, to push that rock up the hill, you know, uh, to create a profitable business, not just a big business. Uh, so, uh, so my path uh, out of it was, okay, I need to scale up and a product is the way to do it. Like custom services is only going to get you uh, is so far or unless you really specialize and love it, you know, and you love uh, doing those big deals and the, the, the big, uh, working with the big uh, clients uh, that have the budgets to sustain a seven figure, eight figure type of business, you know, which was my goal uh, uh, to get this. So, uh, so uh, to me, I was already searching for what, what can I do? How can I move away from the agency model and scale up with something that is repeatable? And I was playing with a few different ideas. I was thinking of uh, building a course for uh, because we're working a lot with nonprofits. So I was thinking of creating a course for uh, uh, teaching nonprofits how to go digital uh, and stuff like that, you know. But uh, and I was really building that. And while I was building it, putting my attention, the agency kept coming back with stuff that needs attention. Uh, so I, I, I was kind of like, all right. I need to focus on on this uh, charity course. So how about we just do something like Envision, but on the website so that uh, we don't get all of this mess, you know? And I told this to my team and I, I got them to build it out uh, as a really scrappy version of it uh, just for us. And um, and that kind of was the initial process of building the pro the. Oh no! Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, it's kind of, you froze. Okay. You froze for a couple of seconds. You're back. You're back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm still sorting out the internet here in the new place. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I was saying that uh, um, we built it just for for ourselves as a scrappy, scrappy version. Uh, so I looked at it as like, okay, I'm going to invest some resources out of my dev team, and then it's going to save us time with clients. I had no idea that it's going to work this. Uh, uh, this nicely, you know, like uh, reduce so much, uh, so much time out of this. I was more trying to get this off of my plate because I wanted to do other stuff, uh, but also trying to increase the profitability because I realized that this is a this is something that is really chipping away uh, into our growth. Uh, the fact that every pro that projects uh, have a deadline, but they don't really, you know. Uh, so, um, so that was really uh, killing the profitability within the agency, especially when it's at scale. And then you also have the function of trying to get different team members to do the same thing at the same, you know, like follow the same procedures exactly. And that was also kind of a bit of a challenge as the team grew. Uh, so this was just like my quick solution to do it, right? But then once it worked for us, I said, 
screw this charity course. Let's <laughs> see what I can do with this thing. Uh, and uh, and the entire few months, uh, the, 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 the way that I wanted to approach this was like we were doing a campaign for a client at the agency. Because we were doing these launches all the time for our clients. So it was for a, a, really at the beginning, it was just another project out of like 15 that were in the pipeline at the same time. Uh, and we gave it the same, the same kind of gravitas, but uh, uh, we just knew that it was our own. As soon as it, we hit, the, as soon as it uh, exploded, like you know, within the first thirty days, we generated more than one hundred thousand dollars in revenue uh, from this product. And then I was like, okay, now I already forgot about this charity course. Now school the agency. Let's just do this, you know. Uh, and that was kind of my uh, my my thought process. And then you know, we just stopped taking projects. Uh, it took some time to finish stuff. Uh, we still kept, on, and, you know, to clear out those care plan clients, the ones that we didn't really want to uh, have. We kept uh, um, about 20 care plan clients that are still running with us to this day. But to me, uh, they are, because of WP Feedback, or thanks to WP Feedback, they are just passive income. You know, there's nothing much happening there. Uh, and it gives us the opportunity to, uh, you know, get high on our own supply and still use the product on a daily basis. Uh, so we find the stuff before the users do. Wow. So it, it actually all worked together. That's so cool. So like right now you've kind of completely pivoted your whole entire yeah. team's focused on WP feedback. That's yeah. really we smart. Have one, yeah. That's we have really one smart. old, old <laughs> sorry. Uh, we have one old plugin that we were still, uh, that we created during the agency days that is still selling. So we still support that. But yeah, but we don't, we don't do any client projects anymore. Nice. That's super cool that you kept some clients around though, like doing like care package kind of stuff. So you're using your own product. Cause I, I feel like it's oftentimes easy when you start building a product to just like get so into like, Oh, this is the product that I'm building. And you're thinking about the user you're building it for, but you're never actually the user that's using it. Yes, exactly. And that that's was super, super important for me, uh, you know, because uh, uh, if you're in the trenches, you know, what's going on, you know, you know, the bugs, you know, the, you know, the product inside and out. And, and it's the same as, you know, like when, when you're building a business as a whole, I always like to know at least some of what every function does. Uh, and this way, I, I put myself through the pain. You know, when I'm, when I'm building a new process that will run through the, the business, I, I do it myself. And I like, even if it's a painful and it takes a lot of time for, uh, for a week or two, I do it so that I can know, figure out all of those different kinks for, so that when I pass this on or delegate this to a team member, uh, it works. You know, it's not just an idea of how it should work. How... How did you decide to start building this solution yourself versus using like some of the other solutions that are kind of off the shelf that you can use? Like, I don't know, like one other company I'm familiar with is like Bug Herd and stuff. But like, what, 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 why did you say like, no, like this is something that you, that I have to solve? Like, what was that driving force? So we were already using uh, some of them. We're using a a Envision and uh, we tried to use Userback. It was kind of happening on the, uh, on AppSumo at some point. So I I got that deal over there. I realized early on that visual visual collaboration is the way to go because everything that we're doing is visual, uh, but yet there is no visual representation of it. It's all just words trying to describe a picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, so I, I realized that this was the, the, the way to go and we were using InVision, 
But then we took, we had a project uh, of uh, that had like 150 pages uh, that needs designing, like a massive, massive project. And imagine doing this in Envision where you need to take a screenshot of every page. And not only that, if there are tabs happening on the page, then it becomes like five page, five screenshots. Every time you make a change, you got to take a re- new screenshot, bring it back in, move the stickers around because it's all uh, just graphic uh, feedback kind of concept. So I am... I, my idea was like, uh, I need to bring the client onto the website uh, so that we don't use any other tools because every time you want to try, you try to send the client to a different place, they will resist, uh, especially if it's a brand new system for them. But to bring them to the website that they paid for is a lot more logical. Uh, so that's why we went down this route and uh, no one was doing it like that. No one was having it a, 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 a integrated into the website and also figured if we have it as a plugin that is sitting on the client's website, we can do it not only on the front end, like everyone was still able to do, we can build a backend feature so you can train client on how to use Yoast, how to, you know, see the report, use the new reports of WooCommerce and, uh, you know, all the new kind of stuff that are, that keep uh, being added into the, into the system. And the main point is just keep bringing them back, you know, to it. Yeah. Uh, so they use they wear the shoes. That's how we say it in the company. You, you got to get the customer to wear the shoes, and was you know, just stayed in the box. They 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 they're never in the person's mind if they're not on their feet. You know. Yeah. So your plugin works both on the front end and the back end. So like I could yeah. be like, hey, here's what you need to do on the back end, and here's what needs to happen on the front end, or like what, or ask questions, or have engage that like in feedback and change things. That's super interesting. I didn't realize that. That's so cool. Yeah. So like uh, the, the idea is to use this throughout. As, and as we're growing, the vision has broadened as well. So we started as, all right, we just need to build a feedback tool. But uh, the way we look at it right now, and I think that this is one of the key points as well that I learned from this process, uh, that uh, you must have a very strong mission and a very broad vision. And this is something that, uh, that I haven't... Uh, accounted for at the beginning because I was building a product, you know, because, okay, it's like one another thing. But uh, once I saw the potential and I, I saw the, the pain that our customers are going through, you know, I felt the pain, but I, I, I had no idea that this is such a widespread thing, you know, throughout the ecosystem. Uh, so uh, I figured, all right, someone needs, someone needs to step up and build the ultimate project delivery system. Uh, so um, instead of just focusing on the feedback, now the platform allows everything from uh, from the beginning of the project all the way to uh, a, a, to the support. And after we went wide, now we're going deep. You know, now mm-hmm. so we created the base features for everything, but you can always make them more elaborate and add more stuff to it and, uh, you know, bells and whistles. So that's the stage we're at right now, pretty much. Oh, that's great. We're going to go for our break. In the second half, we're going to be delving in Vito's journey in a bit more detail. We'll be back in a few moments. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. 
get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. I thought we've had a great first half with our friend Vito, friend of the show, fellow panelist on the WP Tonic Roundtable show. Um, before we go into the second half, I want to tell you we're doing a, a webinar with um, Uncle Spencer. You know, you've listened to his advert, um, but we're doing a webinar on the Friday, the 11th of December this month, and we're doing it at 10.30 a.m. And what we're going to be doing, um, folks, is that we're going to be looking at Spencer's product, Launch Flows, but we're going to go a step further. We're really going to really delve deep in how you use launch flows with WP Fusion. And with probably either a, a native CRM or with a SaaS CRM, we haven't made our mind up. They'll either be with Fluent CRM or with Active Campaign. And we're going to be showing you how to build in WordPress, a effective funnel that is basically better than ClickFunnels system. And we're going to be doing that live. So it should be fun. You can go to the WP Tonic website. There's a button in the top webinar that says webinar. Just click it and you'll be able to sign up and join us at on the Friday, the 11th of December at 10.30. It should be a great um, educational webinar. So, Vito, you know, in every entrepreneur, we all have this fantasy that we can dominate a market and it will just be us and we can charge whatever we like and we don't have to take any notice of the competition. But that's not the reality. And, you know, if you're on your own in the market, that can also be worrying because that could mean that there isn't any there is no market. Yeah. There, there isn't a market. <laughs> there is no demand. Now, I think it's fair to say we've got to be real here. You do have some competitors. You've got one main WordPress competitor. I think it's Project Hubble, and you've got a couple SaaS-based competitors. How? How much notice, you know, let's be real here, how much notice do you take of your competitors and how how do you position your own product in the reality of the market where you have these other competitors or don't you take any notice of them at all? You know, you deliberately don't look at them more. Right. 
so um, when uh, when we first started, we did go through and check out like what's uh, what's happening. Um, actually, after after we had a, a pretty basic product, we wanted to see how others are doing it before uh, uh, before it goes out. Uh, so we did have a look, but no one was doing it uh, in the way that we were. We kind of uh, rethought the process of doing a plugin. No one had a plugin. Then some created a plugin uh, over the past uh, couple of uh, uh, couple of months, right? Uh, now the point of uh, what I'm, what I, where I started with this was uh, again with this visual, visual feedback, and then I realized that this is just a part of the solution, and this is what is also offered throughout the market. So the, that that goes back to the point of broadening the vision to create that competitive advantage over whoever is out there. So now we're not only competing with uh, user back and bug herd and, and project out and this kind of stuff, uh, where this is just a part of our system. And we're also competing with Trello because we have our board systems yeah. in place. And we're also competing with Zendesk, you know, because yeah. it's a support system. Uh, and we're also competing with email, which is email is basically 78% of the market is still using email. So this is the real competition. You know, when you're looking at, at SaaS, uh, it's not even that the remaining uh, 22% are SaaS. Uh, it's that, that like 18% others is there, they have no system. Right, it's like uh, on the phone and on the uh, on whatever you know going uh, 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 happening on WhatsApp and or happening on on Facebook or everywhere. Basically, that's the, like the no system method, and only about three percent are the tools that you're mentioning. So there's just so much to go around that I don't concern myself with this at all. Our users sometimes do, and so I need to jump in and say, like, uh, uh, just uh, uh, emphasize the difference of the of, of the vision, how we're looking at it from a broader. Let's solve your project instead of how how we can solve talking to the clients. That's done, you know. That's already done, and, and that's what you will see a lot with with uh, some of the other products out there as well. Is that uh, they kind of build it out and stopped, right? It's done, uh, but. I don't want to. I don't want to take this approach. I no. think that uh, we're building a, like a platform that uh, can, uh, 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 like you're saying, dominate. You know, and this is like the entrepreneurial uh, dream that will dominate this uh, industry in terms of uh, delivering project. And I, I can't see why not. You know, in five, seven years of of us doing it, uh, going five, seven years in the future, mm. I can't see why every project in the world will not be delivered through a system. You know, some type of system. The only, well be... um, the only area which um, I personally wouldn't encroach, I, but I would try and work very um, closely with, is this, the leading CR project management platforms there. Um, because if you take it too far, you'd be seen as a competitor. Yeah, um, I like where, I'd like that. I, we're already, we're already oh, right. snagging be... users from Basecamp and Trello and uh, and Asana. They're leaving them and coming over because. Uh, and I'll tell you what how our approach was there. We're we're not a project management system. We're a project delivery system. The the tool is the project manager. It's not uh, it's not that you need to find how am I going to take this generic project management system and adapt it to my business where I don't know how to build a system. You know, that's like uh, the entire industry is technicians trying to figure out how to build a business. You know, it's like designers and developers trying to figure out how to run an, a, a, and, and grow a, a proper business. So we just said, all right, 
why should you learn? Let's just build a system that will do it, you know, for you, give you the system, give you the processes that you should have, that you, you it's going to take you 10 years to even think of this stuff, you know, before mm-hmm. they're even happening. Yeah, that's uh, where we're coming from. So, um, uh, I, so yeah. Uh, over to you, Stephen. So you built this awesome product. It's ramping up, going awesome. You're growing like crazy. Um, but I think like one of the things that I think is always hard to figure out is pricing and how you position yourself in the market. Like, I, where did you start? What have you learned? And how have you adjusted that as you've grown and like where you are now? And stuff? Right. So we've pretty much doubled or even tripled our prices already by now, uh, by the time compared to the time that we started. Um, I prefer to work with people that value the tool. And I see that uh, in a lot of uh, campaigns where, uh, so now we did a, 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 a Black Friday campaign. We gave away one free domain uh, to everyone that wanted. We, we, and we recruited thousands of people uh, through, this, uh, through this campaign. And now we'll see how we're going to be able to upgrade them. And this is part of the journey, Stephen, of always be testing, right? Uh, so like, there's a, there, there was an opportunity in Black Friday to do something innovative and groundbreaking. Instead of doing 20% discount, we gave 100% on one domain, but we invested a lot into the upgrade path, how to get them from that free solution to actually a paying customer um, uh, now in December, not during Black Friday. Because uh, uh, everyone was competing. And that again, uh, Jonathan, you were talking about how do you look at competition? Black Friday is such an amazing example for both pricing and competition uh, because every business in the world is selling the hell out of what they have at the same time, you know? Uh, and, uh, and you're basically competing for those $300 that a user has in their pocket that is allocated for their Black Friday spending and uh, that's it. Once it's it's finite, you know. Once this this budget is gone, it's gone. Uh, so um, well, I, wanted... I, I I spent a lot more than three hundred. I spent a lot less. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes that's the average. I know. I I heard of a I heard of a friend that was uh, that spent like fifteen k uh, over the past yeah. week just on software, uh, you know, buying stuff. Uh, so uh, I, had, yeah, um, I had a bullet. I had a bullet list that were offering lifetime. Uh, most of them were offering lifetime deals, right. and that's you know, as an agency platform provider, that's what I'm looking for uh, a lifetime deal. Um, you know, there's one or two that weren't, but um, well, they were. But um, I actually um, hadn't tried out their product extensively. So um, I decided just to buy a year, and then if they were still offering the lifetime, I would probably consider it, um, but I hadn't tested it. But there's all different types of buyers out there, isn't it? It's a very diverse... Um, well, that's true, but if you want to quantify them to that, to that average, from what I know, that's around the $300 that, that a person uh, would spend uh, on software, I, I mean, specifically on SaaS-related stuff. Um, now, so, I, you know, there's a lot... I, I don't think you decided to go down the road, but um, there's a lot of criticism of people using AppSumo, um, and I understand the criticism, but I also... I also think it's very crucial for not only um, to get cash flow in, 
But a much more important aspect, which might make it worthwhile looking at, at Zuma, but I think you use different methods, but it's actually getting people using your products um, in a scale where the feedback becomes relevant. Um, it Really, even with a lot of experience, you are only making educational um you're making educated guesses, aren't you? Um, it's nothing like getting the real users in that don't have any connection to you trying your product. Would you agree with that? I agree with the fact that you must test and uh, get get feedback all the time uh, from users. That's that's for sure. I don't agree with the AppSumo approach, uh, especially for a young product. I think that uh, we're... You know what? Let me let me revise that. That that depends on what type of product you're you're, you're selling. So let's say that you have a plugin like the other plugin that we have. It's a, like a small WooCommerce extension and it does a very particular thing. We haven't. We only keep it up to date, but we don't develop it further. Uh, and so it's kind of kind of static. You know, there's like three yeah. four updates a year tiny ones. Uh, that would be amazing on something like AppSumo because the, the amount of support is minuscule and, uh, and uh, you're just, you know, you're just selling uh, something that is already created. Um, yeah, but, but which means, which kind of negates the point of getting market feedback because for that product, I, I push away market feedback. You know, if there's a bug, we'll fix it. But any feature request, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. The, the purpose of the product is to be a side project, you know, and that would be great for Mapsumo from a point of view of generating users, generating revenue, generating uh, awareness for this uh, for this uh, product. Not so much for the market research, but then a product like me, like you're saying, would need uh, because uh, we keep developing and we keep expanding with with the uh, with the main product with WP feedback. Uh, so uh, a customer feedback is super, super important uh, to collect all the time. The problem is that with a product like this, the AppSumo model just breaks. The cost of uh, the cost of a user is uh, higher than the revenue that you can generate from there, especially if they're taking thirty to fifty of uh, even heard of sixty percent sometimes that they would take uh, uh, even before anything happened. But the support. Tickets are gonna come in anyway, uh, so um, so yeah. So uh, so I wouldn't do it uh, if it's a product that you that you see growing. Don't. If it's a product that you kind of like. All right, this is uh, this is it. I created a nice function that people want. Then that's perfect for this. is a it's another marketing channel, uh, and that kind of brings me to what you said about lifetime deals because AppSumo is all about the lifetime deals. And um, same thing. If it's a small product that you're probably not going to get any much support around it, and you know probably this plugin that we're running in the background, we're not going to be supporting it for years and years to come. It's not a big focus; it's just some money uh, that goes directly to me at the end of the month. Uh, so, uh, so it's a side hustle, and it's going to stay like that until it's going to die out eventually, uh, basically because it's not being pumped there's no new energy being pumped into it uh, but so uh, so that fine lifetime deal perfect but if again it's a product that you're developing constantly lifetime deal is going to kill you if you don't do it right and you have to sell just a few licenses uh, and and try to maximize the revenue from them 
which is what we did as the initial uh, uh, launch strategy. Instead of going down the Absumo route, which I researched thoroughly, because I, I, that was my idea as well. Awesome. Absumo, they're going to love this thing. They're going to put it out there. going to get 2,000 users. Party, right? Uh, but then you do the numbers and you get so much headaches from 2,000 users. So we decided, all right, instead of selling it to 2,000 for 50 bucks, let's sell it to 200 for 500. And then you have a small group of really dedicated people because they invested uh, $500 into it. And uh, they really want it to work, right? Because it's a lot more than 50 bucks that it didn't work. Fuck, screw it. It's just going to go on the, on the shelf, on the SaaS shelf, right? Of all the LTDs that we all have uh, a growing shelf like this. Uh, and, I'm very and careful what I buy now. Uh, um, uh, because of it. Because the shelf has no room anymore. <laughs> no, actually, um, I, I, I just, I don't like a, I don't like a three, four month period where I was buying. I was looking at a particular, I had a particular need, and I was buying a lot of stuff at Absuma that seemed to meet the need, and so I got about four to six on the shelf. Um, but I don't, I don't. Um, I'm more, much more fussy of what I buy from App. Absumer than I now I am. Yeah. yeah, I used to go all out. You know, there was a new deal on Absumo. You just you just go and check it before it runs out. You know, the the, the formal effect was very strong at the beginning. But some people yeah. are very critical. But there still are some very interesting bargains to be had. It's just you've got to be more. Um, to be honest, I I haven't used any one product I'm using from Absumo, and I bought like forty. Uh, uh, which is uh, Punir, uh, uh, Punit's uh, product, um, which is, uh, I think, Formify, Formify, right? Yeah. It says like these little widgets that come out. Oh, yeah. uh, so, he, and this is a perfect product for AppSumo because who is going to reach out to a support for, for a little widget that comes from the side, you know? <laughs> we're going to end the podcast part, the show. Um, Vito's going to stay with us for another 10, 15 minutes for bonus content which you'll be able um, to hear um, hear and watch on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. So go over there. I've got a lot of other videos on the channel. Go over to the WP Tonic YouTube channel and subscribe. It really does help the show. I also want to do a shout-out for Stephen's product. Um, he's been helping us with um, some client and also with some of our own sites for speed generation, and him and his team do a fantastic job. So go over to Zipfish and have a look at what they can do when it comes to speed of your website. Um, so Steven, we is, t- is, is that a product that you're offering, or is it like you're doing it as a service? It's a service, isn't it? It's, it's a service. service. We, we, we do, like, there's like a one-time optimization that we do as a service, or there's like a monthly where we take on like the hosting too and help manage the servers as well as all the front-end code that's being loaded. That's well, yeah. um, so, so um, Vito, um, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, check out wpfeedback.co and uh, you can find me directly on Twitter, uh, Vito Peleg. Oh, that's great. And Stephen, how can people find out more about you and your company? Head over to zipfish.io, run a speed test, see how fast we can make your website. 
That's great. We'll see you next week with another great guest like Vito. Uh, but remember, bonus content on, on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 